Good evening and welcome to this week's edition of Africa in Focus. Myself, Kwame, Ghanaian broadcaster, writer, journalist, podcaster and entrepreneur. And in this week's edition of Africa in Focus is the AFCOM review. So what transpired in, in the AFCOM and whether it was a good tournament for the host and also for Africa as a whole. So that's what we'll be discussing, having a review of the just-ended Africa Cup of Nations. Okay, so before we get into the podcast, just to make you aware that the podcast has been sponsored by Grow for Me Ghana. Grow for Me Ghana is a fantastic initiative that seeks to support and develop Ghanaian farmers. And so if you want to be a sponsor of a Ghanaian farmer, I will leave you the link to Grow for Me Ghana in the footnotes to the show and if you like what you hear please share to your friends your family social media networks again you can subscribe to the channel on all podcast providers and you can also follow me on spotify meaning that you'll be notified every time i upload a new podcast so just look out for spotify podcast and click on the ghana stroke african focus podcast and follow me, and that's how you can be notified when we upload new podcasts. So the target this year is to get 800 or near 800 subscribers on Spotify. So far we've got 435, so we're sort of halfway there. So again, if you want to follow us on Spotify, check out the Ghana Stroke Africa in Focus podcast on Spotify. All right, and if you are wanting to come to Ghana to do business, by land, by property, etc., we do offer a consultancy session where we can tell you make a package to suit your needs and wants. All right, so we offer a package for one hour session, and also we do have a consultation briefing for half an hour, and that we charge twenty dollars for that. And then for the hour consultation, we give, we charge a thirty US dollar fee. All right, so if you are interested in wanting to book a consultation with myself. I will leave you my email address in the podcast notes and you can just email me your details, all right? And we can book you in as soon as possible. All right, so let's get underway looking at AFCON just gone. So AFCON 23 was a phenomenal success and really showed how far Africa has come in terms of hosting major sporting events. So the Africa Cup of Nations 23, was held this year, 24, in Ivory Coast, and the host spent more than $1 billion US dollars on infrastructure, such as roads, railway, transportation, etc., and also spent a further $1, million US sorry, $1 billion US dollars either renovating or building, building new stadia in Abidjan, San Pedro, Yamusuku, and... Buaki. Now the tournament itself was watched by more than two billion. Yep, more than two billion people worldwide watched the just ended Africa Cup of Nations. Yep, and also it was very very well attended. Yes, so contrary to what you know you hear about African uh, tournaments, you know this tournament in La Côte d'Ivoire. Or Ivory Coast 
was very, very well attended. Okay, so aside from that, there was also a lot of spills, a lot of thrills, and, uh, you know, there were a lot of, um, you know, upsets. A lot of the big boys didn't make it as far as we thought they would. And, you know, we saw the emergence of a lot of, you know, teams who were considered to be minnows. So what I'm going to do for this, um, you know, review is just go through some of the uh, nations that disappointed and some of the nations that fought above their weight. So, you know, just to sort of go back on the final a bit, the final was obviously held last Sunday in Abidjan, where the hosts, uh, La Côte d'Ivoire, uh, beat Nigeria 2-1 uh, in the final to lift their third AFCON title. Yeah, so, you know, and let's start with Abiko. So they put on a very, very fantastic tournament. And if you saw the images of Abidjan, you know, you know that Abidjan is a very, very beautiful city. And so, you know, uh, the, host, the hosts did a very, very good job in staying in the whole tournament. And also the pitches were very, very first class. All the pitches in Yamasukro, San Pedro, Buake, and Abidjan were very, very good of the high standard, you know, competing with anything that's in Europe. And also, you know, the matches were very, very well attended as well, particularly the final and the ones that also um, featured the host nation, La Côte d'Ivoire. So all in all, you know, it's been a very, it was a very, very magnificent tournament that was held in La Côte d'Ivoire. Also, did a lot of great goals. For me, my favourite was Bebe, the 40-yard free kick that is scored for Kate Verd in the group stages. For me, that was a really, really good goal. And she's the technique of some of our players, you know, on the African continent. <clears throat> and also, you know, uh, the fact that it was also, you know, had a lot of shocks in the group stages, which I'll come to in a minute. And that, you know, it was a fiesta of football feast. Uh, that showed that basically Africa has now come of age in terms of a staging uh, major global tournaments like this one is. So the African Cup of Nations is by far the biggest sport event in the continent. And Africa did a very, very good job. And also it shows that African football teams are now beginning to mature, be more disciplined and have that cutting edge to football. And also in terms of the technology that was used, you know, VAR was a very, very great success in, in helping to, you know, officiate the great games and also the refereeing. Oftentimes, uh, African referees are ridiculed, but the quality of refereeship in this tournament was second to none. You know, even matching that, what we see in Europe. So, you know, the officiating was first class and was a very, very high standard. Yep. Yeah? As I said, showing that African football has come of age. And so, Ivory Coast will deserve winners. So for a country that nearly got knocked out in the group stages after suffering a, humili a humiliating 4 0 fashion by um, Equatorial Guinea in the group in the group stages, it was very very you know nail biting stuff, you know. But eventually the Ivorians made it out of the group stages thanks to Morocco uh, beating I think it was um, Zambia. Yeah, they beat Zambia, so they denied Zambia a chance to make the last 16, and then Côte d'Ivoire made the last 16, where they beat the reigning champion Senegal uh, in penalties, and then in the quarterfinal, 
They beat also um who did they beat in the quarterfinal? So yeah, they beat um it wasn't Del Congo. Uh yeah, it was Del Congo, yeah, Del Congo. They beat Del Congo 2-1 after the time again coming back from the dead. And then they beat South Africa in a 1-0 uh, to proceed to the final. And so, you know, could have worked at the manager, their French manager, you know, after the group stages, after the humiliating um performance during the group stages. And then they brought in the assistant coach, Emerson Fay, or MS Fay, who actually played for Reading in England in 2007-2008. And he also coached Nice. And he also, you know, did some good work with the French on the 17 team. So this uh, man, Fay, MS Fay, had a track record, and that was put to very, very good effect when he became the interim manager of La Côte d'Ivoire after the sacking of the Frenchman. And so MS Fay used his tactical nous and know-how to, you know, re-energize, re, you know, reinvigorate the Ivorian team to allow them to, you know, have that belief that as they were hosting on home soil, that they were more than capable of winning the actual tournament. And in fact, could they have become the first team since Egypt in 2006 to host and win the tournament as well. So that's another <clears throat> you know, fantastic achievement by the host where they host the tournament and won it as well. It is very difficult to actually host a tournament and win it as has been proved in previous tournaments gone by. And so many commentators are saying that this has been, you know, the 34th edition of the African Cup of Nations. Many commentators are saying that this has probably been the best AFCON in recent memory. And if you look at the AFCON in 2017, 2022, 2019, 2017, 2015, 2013, 2012, 2010, even 20, going back to 2008, you know, I think it is safe to say that this AFCON tournament in La Côte d'Ivoire has been definitely one of the best, you know, that there has been. And so, you know, the big boys, you know, Ghana, you know, Senegal, you know, Mali, Morocco, Egypt, all fell by the wayside, yeah? So even the the big guns, you know, I tipped Egypt and Ghana to quite from the group. Egypt just scraped out, just scraped out to the group and Ghana didn't make it out of the group. You know, and Ghana, you know, just to brief you on Ghana, there needs to be some, a lot of soul searching within the Ghana FA as to how they are able to get the Black Stars performing at the level that they were some 15, 20 years ago because it is unacceptable that a team of Ghana's pedigree, yeah, have suffered back-to-back exit in the group stages of Afcons. This has never happened before in the history of Ghanaian football. That Ghana football now is at an all-time low that Ghana has failed for two tournaments in a row not to qualify from the group stages, yeah? And for me, second Chris Hutton is, is, is not the answer. You know, a lot of the, you know, um, wrong with Ghanaian football is actually the way it's run, particularly by the GFA, the Ghana Football Association. So 
a lot of fire needs to be put in their direction. And also there needs to be, like I said before, a long-term strategic plan to get Ghana becoming the powerhouse in African football that they once were. But all these big guns in Morocco who did so well in the World Cup of two years ago, getting to the semi-final, they got knocked out in the last 16. You know, and I've said this before, you know, the North African teams, for some reason, don't travel well, out, apart from Egypt, outside of North, North Africa. So Tunisia didn't do that well. You know, Egypt didn't do too well. You know, Morocco and then Algeria, you know, former champions of 2019, they they did not even get out of the group. And I thought they would. So that shows that the big boys, so-called, you know, maybe they're complacent or maybe they thought that, you know, they'll just walk it. But it shows that, you know, this tournament has shown that, you know, the gap between the so-called big boys and the small nations is getting narrower and narrower. All right? So when it comes to these so-called small nations, you know, DR Congo, you know, did very, very well to get to the semi-final of the AFCON, yeah? Having, you know, gone through the group stages, you know, unbeaten. Did very, very well, very well. Bafana, Bafana, South Africa. Yeah, they made the semi-final for the first time in since 2000. So they won it back in 1996 and made a semi-final four years later in 2000, yeah? But this AFCON in 2024 was their best showing for nearly a quarter of a century, yeah? So Bafana, Bafana, you know, if they stick with that team and, you know, probably stick with the manager, you know, there is the making of a very, very good team. You've got, you've got a very, very good defender. You've also got a fantastic goalkeeper. Uh, in um, Williams, William, somebody can't remember his name. He actually won, by the way, uh, the, the best keeper of the tournament, the goalkeeper of South Africa. And also the, you got McQuenna up front. That, for me, forms the, the solid rock or basis that Bafana Bafana should be looking to, to build on that team and also to build on, on the success that, you know, they, 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 they had this year in being semi-finalist of the African Cup of Nations. Yep, so also, you know, Cape Verde, top the group. I told you that, you know, that Cape Verde will probably finish third after Egypt and Ghana, but they surprised everyone by qualifying first from the group. Yeah, so also, Equatorial Guinea won the group as well. And then other countries, like Mauritania, Mauritania actually won the game in the tournament. Before this, this tournament, Mauritania had A, not qualified for a long time, and B, didn't even, didn't even win an AFCON match. But they surpassed expectations by, you know, accumulating themselves very, very well, and by also winning the match in the group stages. And also, you know, uh, Namib Namibia and Angola, who were among the four lowest ranked teams, you know, they reached the knockout stages. Yeah, so, you know, I was saying that Namibia would be the whipping boys of the group. And I wasn't sure too much about Angola, but they reached the knockout stages. So, you know, it tells you that the gap between the big nations and the small nations is shrinking. Yeah. And it proves 
the development of African football. So we look at a team like Bafana Bafana. No one in their team plays outside Africa. They all play in South Africa and possibly other parts of the continent, yeah? And they did they, they did very, very well. Ghana, you know, a good chunk of that team, you know, plays in Europe. So people like Kudos, Inaki Williams, the two Aya brothers, you know, uh, Pate, who didn't play, you know, and, um, you know, others, you know, uh, Lamptey, play in Europe. But just because you play in Europe doesn't mean that you'll be familiar or do well within the African, African conditions. And, you know, it just shows you that how, you know, having that mix of, you know, Africans that are playing their football in Africa and also those who play outside of Africa is an interesting mix. But again, as Bafana Bafana showed, none of their team plays outside of Africa. Yeah, they all play in the continent. But still, they were able to make it to the semi-finals, yeah? And that shows you what discipline, patience, the will to win and come together as one unit does for a team. And so, you know, what the tournament has shown us is that basically, you know, African football is very is, is going very, very forward. And a lot of the teams who maybe 10, 15 years ago, like Cape Verde, like Burkina Faso, like Namibia, like Angola, like Mauritania, all these teams are improving all the time and they're improving rapidly. So, you know, the big teams, you know, your Ghana, your, your Cameroon, Cameroon disappointed for me, you know, and I hope that, you know, the Cameroon Football Federation sucks song because it's our time now and he didn't do too well in the World Cup even though they beat Brazil, but Brazil had already qualified. You know, there isn't really the, the makings of, of a good team there. So I think that, you know, the Cameroon may need to get another coach and in when we're talking about coaching yeah the 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 triumph of the Ivorian team yeah with a, with the African coach should put to bed this notion that you know that some Africans have that in order to win a major tournament you've got to have a European coach what MSF did for La Côte d'Ivoire yeah in four matches the last 16 the quarter final the semi-final and the final yeah, his tactical nous, his discipline, his ability to make good decisions at the right time, all prove that an African manager, an African coach, yeah, is given the tools and, and has the nous and the and, and the discipline, yeah, and the organization can win a country a major tournament. So for me, it sort of dispels the myth that African coaches somehow, you know, need to get African, you know, need to get European coaches in order for them to put that discipline and organisation and win a major tournament. MS5 of La Côte d'Ivoire shattered that myth for good. And so that tells you that, you know, a young manager who's hungry, like MS5, if you give him, if you allow him to manage, yeah, and I'm looking forward to him, I hope he gets the job, I hope he accepts the job to take La Côte d'Ivoire uh, forward into Next year's AFCON, so there'll be another AFCON in 2025, you know, weather prevailing, and that AFCON will be in Morocco. So Morocco, who uh, made the Lactistine and uh, were fourth in the World Cup in Qatar, will, will host the next Africa Cup of Nations in 2025. But, you know, 
I hope that Hamas Faye it, it takes a job and you know is able to defend the title in Morocco and then takes La Côte d'Ivoire to the World Cup in North America in 2026. So I'm looking forward to seeing the development of MSF. Uh, hopefully he takes a job as the as it becomes the full-time coach of La Côte d'Ivoire because he's got a good set of players there. You know, Hala or Hale, you know, uh, Frank Kessier or Kessie, uh Adingra, you know, and then the defense is pretty solid and tight, you know, and so he's got, you know, some gems there which if tweaked a bit you know, La Côte d'Ivoire could be, you know, a force that they were in the mid-2000s when I'd likes of them, and mid-2000s, when they'd likes of a Jogba, you know, um, Javinio, the two A brothers, etc., etc. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, MSF take the job and then being able to, you know, manage and, you know, groom the set of Ivorian players. So, you know, so we talked about the tournament as a whole, about how well it was attended. And like I said, you know, according to uh, the Confederation of African Football, yeah, more than 2 billion people, 2 billion people across the world, right, watched the tournament live on TV, yeah? And that was make, and that made it by far the most watched African Cup of Nations in history. Yeah, two billion. Yeah, and also one hundred and seventy-three uh, countries across the globe broadcast the final. So that shows you that there's an appetite for African football, and particularly an African atonement like the African Cup of Nations, whereby you have a global audience of more than two billion people, with more than one hundred seventy nations, you know, tuning into the final. Yeah. So for me. You know, this proves that, you know, the the African Cup of Nations is a, is a very, very good tournament. Yeah, that has a lot of interest outside of African content as well, not just Africa. And secondly, that if marketing well and, you know, promoted well, as we've seen in this African Cup of Nations, it will attract a global audience. All right. And so we've talked about the features as well how the officiating of this tournament was first class. We've also talked about the technology VAR. You know, VAR was used to very, very good fit and judiciously and was extremely effective, you know, used in all the games in the tournament. And so for me, this has been a very, very fantastic, you know, uh, Africa Cup of Nations. And we look forward, you know, we're looking at our lips, looking forward to the AFCON you know, 2025, whereby that will feature Morocco. All right, so this has been my take on the AFCON 2024. Uh, again, congratulations to La Côte d'Ivoire, not just for hosting a fantastic tournament, but also for winning the tournament. And we hope that, you know, the tournament in Morocco will equally be as good. All right, so if you like what you hear, please sh share to your friends, your family, you should media networks. Please subscribe to the Ghana Trick Africa in Focus podcast. And also, uh, you know, you, you can also subscribe on all the main platform providers. And you can also follow me on Spotify. All right. So, for myself, uh, Kwabi, and from all the crew here 
on Advocate and Focus is thanking you for listening and we'll see you real soon.